amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today, being the 3rd of December, my God, it's one month since the November elections. And typically, in a general election like we have, we had in November, it would be in the foreground. It would be history. And it's done. And we don't think about anything else except maybe the inauguration or something like that. We don't focus on that. But this has been the most unusual uh, election season. And it just seems to be going on and on. So we're not forgetting the nightmare that it is. And thanks to all the people who continue to traumatize us, to focus on their obvious uh, dramatizations. It's incredible. Today, though, based on this, it's just fortuitous that we have as our special guest, Mr. Duncan Kirkwood. Mr. Kirkwood is an author, and he's also a trainer and a speaker. So he's going to talk to us about the art of bouncing back. His new book, Rerouting, is out there, and he's going to tell us some more about how can we bounce back. And I'm sure we all can agree that we can bounce back. We need a bounce back right now. Hey, Mr. Kirkwood. Hey, Duncan. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Well, we are doing great. And I know that uh, just, you know, just as I was saying in the intro, I I think we all need to know the art of the bounce back, wouldn't you say? Yeah, this is a time where a lot of people are having, you know, major setbacks in their lives. And um, so the, these resilient skills are, are important, more important now probably than ever in this generation. And so I'm, I'm really happy that I'm able to help people by getting them this information. Absolutely. So uh, in your new book, Rerouting, I'm going to read to you what grabbed my attention, and I think it's going to resonate with everybody today. And I think you have a message for us. And here's what it says. You can have the life that you want There is no question that, listen to this, this is what I want you all to focus on. There is no question that regardless of your life situation, regardless of your upbringing, listen to this man preaching right there, you can live out your purpose. You can have peace, love, and joy in your life. And this is what I want you to talk about, Duncan. It says resiliency and mental toughness are skills that are disappearing in society. Across every age, race, gender, and economic status, suicide and depression are on the rise. The thing that needs to change in your life situation is how you perceive your world and yourself. That is so powerful. That is one of the most powerful statements that I've heard of in 2020. Resiliency and mental toughness are skills that are disappearing in society. I'd like you to... Uh, take a moment to tell us a little bit about why you are so convinced that resiliency and mental toughness are skills that we need to bring back to our society. 
Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for such a powerful intro. Uh, you got me going. I'm feeling excited and motivated too. Uh, so I appreciate that. Um, you know, we look at if you track if they they did like a study on when suicide rates in our generation have really started to skyrocket, and it really correlates when where middle school students got access to social media is when suicide rates started going up even higher than they were before. Because what happened is our society has really changed into a place where we kind of crowdsource our self-esteem. We post online, we have these social networks, and we kind of get validation from the network, from these social platforms. So when we don't get that validation, it almost is a a shot to our self-value and our self-love. Right, because if, if if I post a picture or I'm doing something great and I post it and nobody likes it, it almost feels like, well, maybe it wasn't that great or maybe I'm not that special. And so this kind of mass crowdsourcing of validation has contributed to it, as well as it's just not this our generation, the last couple of generations haven't just been as men, they haven't had the grit to have to grind like my parents' generation they really had to go work. They had to go to work in a factory. You know, they had to build stuff. And so hard work had a different type of connection to people, right? You you felt validated by doing something. My, you know, my generation and the generation that follows, uh, our work is a lot more kind of in computers and in the cloud. So there's not as much connection to what you're doing. And so there's like, there's not as much grit you know, that it takes to, to be as successful. So it's for, all, for so many reasons, it is eroding. You know, in the military, in 2012, we had more soldiers die from suicide than we had die in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan, right? So, you know, suicide is, is a problem for everybody. Depression is a problem for everybody. And that's before the pandemic. Now that COVID is hit, people are losing jobs. They're losing loved ones. They're feeling isolated. Uh, you know, no birthdays, no graduations. Um, you know, no social interaction with their peers. It's just, this is a really difficult time. But here is the opportunity. The opportunity is how you see your world affects how you feel about the world. So what I tell people is, think of it like this. If you look in the mirror and you look in there and you're like, man, I need to, to lose a little weight. I don't like how big I've gotten or I don't like my shoulders or whatever uh-huh. thing you look at in the mirror you don't like. We all do that, right? You uh-huh. don't get mad at the mirror. You don't start yelling at the mirror. You don't get on uh-huh. social media and say, you know, Walmart sold me a bad mirror. What you do is you go to the gym. You create uh-huh. a workout plan. What uh-huh. you do is you go, you know, do whatever you need to do to get your body the way you want to see it. Well, uh-huh. your life is, is, a, is a reflection of who you are on the inside. So if you don't like your life situation, you can't get mad at the world, mad at your boss, mad at your spouse. You, if wow. you want your life situation to be better, you got to do the same type of work that you would do if you was going to change your appearance. You don't get mad at the world. You just do the work. You read. You learn. You do self-development. You do yoga. You do breathing. You do whatever it is that's going to bring you some peace and balance you out so that once you're the better version of yourself, your life around you starts to improve. A lot of people think that we're just like victims of circumstances, right? So life happens and we have to react to it. But that's the lie. That's the myth. What happens is we dictate our reality, right? If you're a good person, people will be good to you. 
you're a hard worker, opportunities will come to you, right? So who you are is actually dictating the energy around you. So if you want a better life, you have to do the work to become a better person. And listen, COVID sucks for everybody across the board. But listen, when COVID is over, there'll be something else, some economic crisis, some political crisis, some international war. Like there's always something. So you got to like develop these skills so that no matter what the external situation is, you can right. persevere. You can find the joy because it's never going to stop being stormed. You just got to get better at navigating them, and eventually you'll have fun going through the rain. My God, I, I am. I think I'm more fired up now than ever than I want to be. Uh, so you believe what you're saying is that uh, we can rewire and reroute our thoughts to create a better outcome of, of what we see, of what we want. Right. And the reason I named the book Rerouting is because what I tell people is to live your life like a GPS. You know, when you program a destination in your GPS, if you take a wrong turn, if there's traffic, if it's a roadblock, if you forget the route, if you got to stop and get gas, whatever, the GPS doesn't break down. It doesn't get on social media and start complaining. It doesn't call mom and start crying. It it just says rerouting. And as long as you're willing to continue moving forward, the GPS Uh is going to continue to chart a course to get you there. So I want people to have that energy that – no matter what happens, what setback, I'm going to find a way to keep moving forward. And if I've got to reroute my path, I'm going to reroute, but I'm going to keep moving forward. So that's really why we named the book Rerouting. I think, I think that's a, a very powerful tool that you have in your hands. And I think that you, are, you come across as, as powerful and impacting and the energy that is in your voice, the energy that is in your personality is driving people to be better and to want to win. Because frankly, right now you are pushing me to go finish writing my fourth book that I have been delaying editing because I can't confront the material that is in the book. And (laughs) no, you won't. No, you're pushing me. Reroute my GPS, right? That's what I need to do, right? That's right. I'm telling you, uh, Uh, in this In this day and time, you touched on something that I think is important for all of us who are working through COVID right now. Uh, As you know, uh, suicide rates have escalated and and have inextricably been connected to the virus itself, but also, as you mentioned in your intro, uh, joblessness. And the joblessness has created hopelessness. And the hopelessness has led to to anxiety, and anxiety has led to, has deepened the depression. And in this dark space that we're in, you are, just say one thing, just in a couple of sentences, just say something. For somebody who is so down, somebody who is unable to think right now, they're about to be evicted if they haven't been. If uh, Talk to somebody for whom there is no hope, there's no life, and there's no hope. Because the thing about it is, Duncan, is that we're all in this. If you and I are on social media, that is our platform. That is our space where we are most able to make an impression on folks. Especially now, because we can't engage uh, interpersonally uh, for both of us. Uh, I have gone out speaking since, uh, since January. Usually you have a downturn in January because of the weather. And then it picks up again in the spring. Nothing happened because of COVID. 
and nothing is going to happen for another three months. We're doing virtual uh, presentations. Uh, but that does not negate the fact that people are hurting and suffering. On Facebook, on yeah. your my Facebook, on Twitter, it's, it's not unusual every day to see somebody saying, just hold, just give me something to hold on. I, want, I feel that you are the voice right now, right at this moment, that can penetrate the darkness and break up someone's thinking, reroute their mind to what they need to do. I'll give you 60 seconds. I'm just going to shut up and listen to what you have to say. 60 seconds. Okay, well, I'm going to try to do it in 60. But here's the first thing. Here's what I will say. Listen, first of all, you're not alone. People, everybody is struggling and suffering. So if somebody's listening and they're, like, really going through it, what I want to say to you is this COVID is horrible. It has devastated people. It's not just you, right? You are not alone in going through it. But here's the opportunity. Change how you're thinking about this situation. You lost your job or you're about to lose your job or you're furloughed or whatever the situation now you have extra time to devote to that dream that you never really pursued. Mm. That business that you always wanted to start, that nonprofit that you always wanted to start. You wanted to be a recording artist, but you never had time to record and edit and practice. You wanted to be a personal trainer, but you never had the time to find clients. This is your time. Never in our life has they said, here's an extra five months of time. No church, no community meetings, no gatherings, no extra stuff, no family events, just extra time. you got to decide what to do with that time because if you figure out what's your niche, what's the thing that's going to bring you joy to do, you can hone that skill, develop it, build it, and when you come out of the pandemic, you can actually come out better. It might take some work. It's going to take some time, but you could actually come out better and doing something that gives you joy, not just working a job. So that's that's I try to I try to say it in sixty seconds. I'm not sure if I got it. Boy, that was that was very impactful uh, and also very encouraging at the same time to redirect our minds, regardless of whatever situation you're in. The opportunity so let me, to can re- I give can I give an example? Yeah. Can I give a quick example? Yeah. So my my brother is a my brother is a DJ. He's a right. DJ in Charlotte, North Carolina. Full time right. DJ. He DJs is his full time job. Well, when right. the pandemic hit, there's no more weddings, no more mm. parties, no more clubs, no more events. This is full-time job, how he provides for his family, and everything is canceled. So he was down, he was frustrated, and then he said, you know what? People still need entertainment. So he got a projector screen, one of those big projector screens, invested his, his, his savings in some the projector screens, some speakers, and then he started doing drive-in movies. He started doing drive-in movies at different community centers and at different apartment complexes, and now he got a new business. And now that the world is opening back up, yeah, he's still doing the DJ stuff, but now he's making even more money because people want to do these drive-in movie events. They want to have all their friends there sitting on their cars watching a movie, having a good time. So he's Mm -hmm. actually going to come out better because he had that resilience, because he had the mentality that I will not lose at life. No matter what happens, I'm going to keep trying stuff until I find success. So that's what you got to do. You got to figure out, listen, the first try might not work. The second plan might not work. But that third thing that you love to do, you found a way to make money doing it. And, and, and that's the energy that we want people to have. And I try to give people in this book. 
Well, you've certainly powered me up and fired me up, so there is that. Uh, what do you say to people who find themselves who are not living out their purpose? Or what do you say to people who haven't yet figured out exactly why am I here? What do you say to that? Yeah, so that's how I was, um, you know, about eight, maybe seven, eight years ago. I was kind of working, doing a good, you know, I liked my job, but it, I, it, I knew it wasn't my purpose. It wasn't until I read the book, The Alchemist, by Paulo Coelho, that uh-huh. I really understood how important it is, how powerful it is to find and walk in your purpose. And when, it's, and when we talk about resilience, your purpose is so important because when you have a setback and you're not doing something that you already love, that right. makes that you 10 times harder. Right. You know what I mean? If you if you work you're just working a job and you're dealing with stress from your boss or your manager, uh-huh. it's just like it's it's just like a pain in your behind. But when you're walking in purpose, just say you are you're a singer and you at the studio and it takes you ten hours to make the hook for a song. You just can't get it right and it takes you ten hours. Well when you're walking in purpose and that's your calling, that ten hours is like it's joy in that. You're not frustrated. Uh-huh. You're not angry. You 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 uh-huh. you in your space. You're in flow with the universe. And so, uh-huh. I want people in their everyday lives. The first thing you got to do is find what your purpose is. As soon as you find it, and 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 I tell you, how do you find your purpose? Uh-huh. Everybody knew their purpose when they were 14 years old. Wow. When you were 14, 15 years old, you knew what your purpose. You might not have knew the exact job title but you knew you wanted to dance or you knew you wanted to help people or be mm-hmm. in law enforcement mm-hmm. or whatever thing it is that when you were a child, this thing brought you joy and you wanted to do this for the rest of your life. Right. So the two ways you can find your purpose, answer these questions. Either answer, what did you want to do when you were a child, when you were, you know, an early teen that you just mm-hmm. thought could be your life, your, your career, or answer this question. If you won $50 million, in the lotto, you did all the things. You bought everything you can buy, invested in everything you can invest, supported everybody that you could support. Now you're bored. You ain't got nothing else to do because you done bought everything, went every country, visited everybody, supported everything. Now what are you going to do to fill your days? Wow. Now that you ain't worried about money, what's the thing you're going to do? So to answer one of those two questions, it'll help you find your purpose. Now that you know, then once you know your purpose, take the first step. Here's the scariest thing. People know their purpose, and they are scared to take step one because they can't see how to get to step 57. So what I tell them is don't focus on trying to see every step to step 57. Take the first step because once you take step one, the view changes. You can see more, right? Then you can take a step two because you can see that step. So let me put that in language you might understand. Just say somebody wanted to be an author but they don't know how to get from where they are right now to traveling the country speaking about the topic that they wrote about, right? They don't know how to get to that point. You don't need to know how to get to that point to take the first step, which is writing an outline of what you want to write about. You can see that. Then once you you write the outline, you can start filling in the chapters, start filling in what you do, what you think you want to talk about. Then you can do this. Then you can get an editor and they can edit it. Then you can find somebody to do the graphic. And all of a sudden, you can start to see how it's happening for you, but you couldn't see that at step one before you took the first step. 
So it's important for people to find your purpose and then be bold and take the first couple of steps. I think that I think that points. This is the most powerful 15 minutes that has been discussed on radio in a long, long time. I think we're missing we're missing what we're supposed to do. I think a lot of us we are supposed to be changing people's lives by changing the way they think about themselves. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't end up with a church somehow because it's a broader uh, platform. You get to do this uh, weekly to change people's lives by rerouting their minds and changing the way they think. Uh, Duncan, it's been my honor and pleasure to have you on. I want you to tell people how they can find you, your social media pages, and where they can get this book rerouting. Is it on Amazon? I think I, I, think I really want to read it. <laughs> yeah, it's on Amazon, but I ask people to get it from my website, uh, DuncanKirkwood.com, so I can sign it. And i got like a little goodie bag with some other stuff I'll put in there for you. So you can get it from my website, DuncanKirkwood.com. Uh, you can follow me on all the social networks. It's just my name, at Duncan Kirkwood, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And, uh, yeah, please follow me on this journey. I've got a couple of speaking events coming up, some virtual uh, worldwide conferences I'm going to be keynote speaking at. And so please, you know, stay tuned, follow me, and, um, you know, anytime I can be helpful or be a resource to people or organizations, you know, please reach out to me on my website at DuncanKirkwood.com. I wish you all the best. Uh, I, I, I feel like you're going to be, I, I think you have a calling. I think you need to speak to these young people. And when I say young people, I'm talking about rappers and uh, young performers, I should say, who are sometimes caught up in a world of glamour that they were not prepared for and then find themselves in the middle of it and then don't know how to be less than performative when the performance is over and who live in a performative-based lifestyle. I believe that you have a message for them, how they can rewire and reroute their minds. Having produced the album, you've got the single out that's been driving you since you were 14. Now, what do you do now that you are here? What's your next step? Uh, how do you get from this to the next? I believe you'll be here for a long time, speaking to people and encouraging and motivating people. Thank you so much for stopping by this morning on Down to Earth. I don't know what else to say. This no is as down to earth as we could have gotten. I am honored to have had you. Uh, when the show is over uh, later on, you'll be able to share this with your networks on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google, and so on. But everybody, go out and get this book, Rerouting. Just listen to the introduction was enough to get me motivated and fired up. <laughs> <laughs> on this day, thank you so much, Duncan, for stopping by. Merry Christmas to you. Continue to do what you're doing, encouraging and motivating all of us to be our best and be the best versions of ourselves. I am so thrilled to have met you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It's been a great opportunity, a great honor to meet you. Thank you, Mr. Kirkwood. Boy, what a story. Have a great day. I am telling you folks, this has been one of the most powerful 15 minutes that I have spent in 2020. I wish we had started the year like this. It probably would have changed our perception <laughs> and changed all the, 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 the images that we have seen. I, I do think that as a nation and as a world, as a, as a class of people and a group of people, as a group worldwide, humanity will need uh, medication. 
after this because of the images that we have seen uh, coming out of 2020, the, the, the hopelessness, the long lines of people in Texas and California waiting for food, waiting to get tested for COVID, the joblessness rate that we know people have experienced and, and, and just the general feeling of malaise that my soul is not well, that my spirit is not well. I believe Duncan Kirkwood will be able to speak to these things and to redirect and reroute our minds. And it, it taps into something that uh, I read about years ago. Uh, I was in a seminar for uh, violence, for violence prevention. And uh, in that seminar, we were talking about how do people cope with, uh, with when traumatic situations happen. And it had become apparent by now that after 50 years of medicating people and so on, what, what Duncan found out is what psychologists have been trying to say some, but were beaten down by the establishment because they want to sell you drugs. The drugs don't work. What works is rewrite, rewiring our minds. The art of the bounce back. How do you bounce back? You bounce back by rewiring and rethinking and re-imaging is what I call it, the way you see yourself. I tell you what, uh, years ago when I started my shelter, and, and thank you, Duncan, for really uh, reminding me of what's important this morning. Maybe I woke up feeling, uh, you know, but when I started my shelter three years ago, I had no funding. All I had was an idea. And my mother had died, left me a little something. And I wanted to make a difference in the lives of women who were trafficked. So I took it and went and invested in operating. I had a foundation and I took it to help women who were trafficked, adult women who were homeless. And when they came to me, uh, people did tell me, some people did tell me, you have no idea what kind of world you're walking into. And maybe I should have listened. But if I had really sat down and listened to all the negativity, I never would have gotten started. So as usual, Harriet being Harriet, I ignored the negativity and focused on doing what I felt I was called to do. One of the things that emerged was that these folks are so broken and so severely traumatized that they are unable, that therapy, conventional modalities of therapy, were unable to treat them. So they fill them up with medication to control their impulses and control their behavior. But then when the medication wears off, they're at odds with themselves. They're at odds with the society, at odds with everybody else. I didn't think that that worked. So my goal was to tell them to re-image yourself, that you can't change what has happened in the past, but you can change the way you think about yourself. You can change the way that you see yourself in the future. So reimagine whom you could become. It's the art of the bounce back, right? And uh, we, we need to find more people. I, I'm afraid that our society and our mental space is filled with too much negativity. There are too many negative thoughts. There are too many that today's thought leaders are very negative. Most of today's thought leaders don't come from the background that myself and Duncan Kirk would come from. They come from the backgrounds of elitism and establishment wealth. They're not thought leaders because they're not innovative. They're repeating a mantra and they're living off the hubris of their establishment and off their, their, their societal platform that has placed them in elite society based on wealth. 
and background and whom they're connected to. That is not true living. You cannot truly motivate someone unless you yourself have been down. When you yourself have been down and you come to the space from a background that dictated that you couldn't have made it, it's easier for you to be propelled into making it because now you have lived it. That is what makes people interesting. That's what makes Duncan interesting. That's what makes other thought leaders interesting because they come from a background where they can share with you how I got over, how I survived. I am never interested in people and people's stories who sound elitist and because you can't tell me anything. You're going to repeat a societal mantra that I should pull myself up by the bootstraps when I never had boots to start with in the first place. I don't need that. People don't need that. People need to be told right now, rewire your mind. People don't need to be told, well, have you tried this? Have you gone to this? Because those avenues, they have tried already and they did not work. They didn't work because they were not set up for people. Do you see what I'm saying? Those didn't work. What works is you yourself having your own come to Jesus moment and saying to yourself, here I am. This is me right now. This is my reality. How do I redefine and how do I change this? I know that because I lived it uh, in my book, uh, Through the Fire. I almost said in my book, After the Fire. That means it's a done deal. It will be out in February. In my book, I talked about how I got to the place where I found myself beaten up and how did I escape from that? How did I, how did I survive and thrive after? I had to set myself up for the life I wanted to live afterwards, which was a life of freedom. I just wanted to be free from being constantly bombarded with negativity and constantly being beaten on emotionally and physically. And the way that I found was I planned for the future. So instead of focusing on the fact that the statistics were that I was an immigrant and I was disenfranchised and dispossessed, I had to tell myself that that is not who I am created to be. So I had to reimagine and reimage myself according to how I was created to be by the creator. And therefore, I began pursuing that path. Therefore, I and others like myself can tell you how to survive. These are the voices that we need to inhabit this creative spaces and to inhabit the airways so that people can actually draw strength from these. In other words, what we're saying is take strength from yourself because at the end of the day, only you can power yourself out of this. I have often said that Anyone, if you, I wish we could find out what happens to folks who commit suicide, that after they die and they realize they were this close to their dream, they were this close to their situation changing, what would they have done? Don't get me wrong. Bad things happen to people all the time. I've lived through some of the most dark and stark stages of my life. I can't begin to tell you how traumatic situations have reverberations and after effects. Some of us just choose to ignore it and focus on the positive end of life and focus on positive living. That's how we, it's a way, it's a coping mechanism. It's, it's choosing to live life in the now, choosing to focus only on the positive. And it works. I'm not here to tell anybody to go sit down and rewire and rethink and to uh, think about all, replay all the negativity. According to this man, according to his book, Rerouting, 
rewire, reroute. Your life is a GPS. Listen to your inner self and follow your own GPS. When I was growing up, I used to say that everyone should follow the beat of their own drum. When we're born, we're given a beat. There is a little drummer in our heads that is saying this is what you do. Follow the beat of your own drum. Don't use outside, don't allow outside influences like drugs and alcohol to determine your life's path. I know that we all think, especially in today's world, they socialize people. Have you watched the Lifetime movie lately? In every movie in America, how do women cope with the stress of life? How do women cope with marriages? How do they cope with children gone astray? How do they cope with husbands and cheating and societal impacts of job loss and stresses on the job and bosses acting out and picking up children from childcare and your husband acting crazy and going crazy and your children, your family, your parents and everything else going crazy? How do women cope? They drink wine. Isn't that what society is teaching us? It's not telling you to go find your space in a book. It's not telling you to go use art as a form of expression. It's not telling you to go read a book or go meditate. Society tells you by socializing, you drink a glass of wine. So for you start drinking a glass, then it becomes a bottle, then you graduate from wine onto something else. Then you start taking pills. You go to the doctor, I have anxiety. Yeah, because you're constantly you know, fired up because you're stimulated, but not stimulated by empowering words. We need more empowerment. We need to draw people's attention back to focus. Even right now, someone who is facing, uh, facing uh, uh, aggressive forms of poverty in the form of eviction, that's very aggressive. Enforcement of removal is very, very aggressive. It is debilitating, it's dishonoring, and it affects and impacts people. Anybody who is in that has, has faced some traumatic situations, children included. Then you have in poverty. Poverty is itself a demon and a beast. Poverty dictates a lot of these things. And then you have, of course, people who have been denied opportunities or who lack opportunities or lack the motivation to get to opportunities. These are aggressive forms of mistreatment, and these are aggressive forms of, of, of poverty and enforcement of those, Right? It doesn't help that in today's world, you, you watch CNN, it's enough to get depressed. I, I kid you not, a, a couple of weeks ago, just before Thanksgiving, the week before Thanksgiving, I took a break. I took a mental health break. It was enough. What with the elections and the threats of violence? Now, you got to understand that I'm a survivor of violence. So any form of threat of violence is, 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 is impacting to me. So when they're threatening to bring soldiers in the streets and increased police, uh, and so on, all it does is remind me of men acting badly and, and, and violent. I had to take a mental health break because there was no stability in the society. It impacted me. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So I had to take a break. I had to go back into my mantras, go back to thinking happy thoughts, planning my life out, how my life is going to be different in the future, thinking there's a point at which we're going to recover from this and we're going to move forward expeditiously, right? And being aggressive about controlling my own thoughts. Watched as much movies as I could because you can't go out now so you can't hang around with friends and so on. So all I could do is within my space is do this. And, I, and as Duncan said, in a lot of ways, social media today has dictated 
how people live. Oh, my goodness. Friends, drop it. People lie and misrepresent the facts. You know that. A lot of people are taking pictures and saying, look how I am living well. That's not true. That when the cameras are off, they're sad, they're unhappy, they're broken down. Please don't live your life according to that. So we look at other people and we say, wow, they're doing better than we are. And look at that. They're doing better than we are. And so you look at them and you say, well, I must, what have I done wrong? I mean, nobody likes what I post. Nobody, if you were to click, if you were to judge how many people click likes on your page, I have been on social media for years. I don't get likes. They don't click like on what I see, but that doesn't mean that eyeballs don't get it. They like the images you post of your booty, images you post of your body. It's like the the farthest we can go and the weirdest we can go and the most depraved that we can be is what people like today. If you notice, nowadays in the last several years, I only post pictures of myself from the neck up. When I posted full body pictures, I got too many DMs. I got too many negative. I didn't need that. That's not the focus. So I post pictures of myself from the, from the chest out, from up, just to concentrate on the fact that I want you to focus on the who that I am, not the what. Do you see what I'm saying? As we close the show today, the art of the bounce back is what we've talked about. I want all of us to focus on the words in this book. And he said, that resilience and mental toughness are skills that are disappearing from our society. In other words, I'm saying to all of us, it's been a rough ride and it's going to be a rough ride for a while, but you got to hang in there. You've got to focus on the fact that we're going to get out of this. And the way we're going to get out of this is going to have to be in our minds. We're going to have to think our way through this. Please don't focus on the fact that they put your possessions out on the street. Listen to me. Look at me. You can buy them back. Possessions can be bought back. You've lost loved ones. Pray for them that you will see them again in the glory. And hallelujah. Thank God for their life, for their contribution to your life. Shed a tear if you have to. Shed many tears. But hold on nonetheless. I lived through some of the darkest moments of my life when my mother died and everybody abandoned me. Everyone except my children abandoned me. I was only surrounded by total strangers who kept me going. It was the darkest, one of the darkest moments of my life. My mother had been my bastion and my support. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize how much you think of your parents as your safety net. And when she died, it was like that was that rudder that had was there was uprooted and I no longer had her. She was gone. It was so dark. I went to therapy. I had to tell myself every day I had to live. I have my children. I have my life. I haven't finished yet. I had to get up and leave. Nobody came and gave me a million dollars. I had a few friends, few people who stayed in touch and who would call me and who would pull me out of it. But nobody gave me a million dollars. Nobody said that I had to rethink myself. It was through that darkness that I got the shelter set up. Just thinking about women who perhaps don't have a mother for them to move to when they, when they needed help. I am saying to all of us today, rewire the way we think about things. 
when the elections were happening and we didn't know what was going to happen, I had to ask myself, what if Trump wins again? You've got to change the way you think. It may not be the outcome I wanted, but I'd have, if I have to live under it or if I have to live through it, I don't know if I'd have to move to Canada or whatever, <laughs> but I'd have to tell myself, rewire the way you think about it. You see what I'm saying? Rechange the way you think about it. A lot of the stuff we are experiencing is post-traumatic associated with previous traumas. It reminds many of us, especially for black and brown people, of issues that we have had to deal with in our past or issues we have seen our parents and grandparents go through. We have to attach significance to our own lives. What are you here for? That's your purpose. You are significant because you have a purpose. Establish what your purpose is and plan uh, plan it out. If they put you out of a house, okay, so there are many other places you will live in the future. If you have to go through a shelter to get there, then fine, work through it and get there. If you lost your job, but you may have to go work a minimum wage job, you may have to go work a service job, work your way right through it until you get to where you have to be. If you have to live somewhere that is not the most desirable address that you could ever have, then work your way right through it. It gives you strength of character and it builds you up. It gives you fortitude and strength. The important thing is that you survive. You don't, you won't survive if you take drugs or drink your way through it because that's going to give you after effects later on. But you survive by thinking and re-imaging your way yourself. Reroute your mind. The art of the bounce back. Thank you so much, everybody. This is Harriet Kimmock. Uh, this is as down to earth as I can get. And I just want to thank you so much for being a part of my experience this morning. Go to my website, harrietkemick.com, as well as visit my pages on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever your favorite podcast platform is. My books are available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. My book, Through the Fire, is available. Read how I walked through the fire. And while you're at it, get a copy of Duncan Kirkwood's book, Rerouting, at duncankirkwood.com. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a happy Thursday. Be blessed. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.